Father in heaven, I ask that you bless the preaching of your word, that it would transform our minds and our hearts to be more like you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. I invite you to be seated. Well, you might have noticed that I'm not Father Joe. <laughs> I am a friend of Father Joe's and a priest in our diocese for many years, friend of Deacon Sarah as well, and uh, it's an honor and a delight to be here with you this morning, this week, and next while Father Joe's away. So let's continue in our worship and take a look at what the Lord might have to say to us uh, through the scriptures this morning. First, I'll start with a story. I think I was about 11 or 12 years old, kind of prime bike riding age, as I remember uh, the incident, the story. Um, and I was out riding my bike one summer day, late summer, early fall, and we had, a, we had woods behind our house, which we enjoyed a lot, and then behind the woods there was a neighborhood, and so that was to go out to the neighborhood and ride on the neighborhood streets was the outer rim, the outer edge where I was allowed to go, maybe a little past the outer rim and the outer edge, which made it exciting. I can remember uh, enjoying the ride, going down the street, and as I passed this one house, I knew who lived there, and it was sort of, a, not the only, but one of the neighborhood bullies, a couple years older than me, uh, didn't live so close, but rode the same school bus and was sort of notorious, and so on the occasion I'd be riding my bike in the neighborhood and would pass by that house, it's the type of house you'd speed up uh, and just keep looking down and forward and just keep trying to, you know, mind your business. And most of the time, nothing happened. But on this particular day, uh, Jason was out there in the yard doing something and he saw me and it's not that he had it out for me per se, he just sort of had it out for everybody. And especially people the smaller and younger. And so I happened to catch his eye as I glanced over and he caught mine and he jumped on his bike and started uh, quickly chasing me down. Well, I didn't know what I had done other than exist <laughs> uh, to make him upset, but I could tell by his face and by the pace he was riding he was upset. And I didn't know quite what was going to happen to me when he caught up to me, which was going to be pretty soon. But I also knew it probably wasn't going to be pleasant. So I'm going to pause the story there and I will, with a promise that I will tell you how it ends. But we can use the story to bookend a little bit some truths about God. They say, like, well, how does a story riding a bike in a neighborhood past the bully's house have anything to do with uh, the things that we've heard proclaimed this morning? Well, let's take a look. There is a great truth that not just the readings this morning, but we see all through Scripture and through the reality of our life together as God's people, that it's like this. God is for us. God is with us. God is in us. And God works through us. He's for us. He's with us. He's in us. And God works through us. Let's break that down a little bit, part by part, and see if we can see some of the nature and the character of God as he reveals himself to us in this. Let those words sink in. God is for you. God is for you. 
not against you. A lot of people inside the church and outside of the church struggle with that. They think that a lot of people think that God is, if anything, he's generally mad at them or generally disapproving or generally wanting something more or generally looking for mistakes to correct or some people worry to even send a lightning bolt. But the truth in Jesus is that God is for us, not against us. And because of Christ, who took on our sin and paid the price in his death and got victory in his resurrection, God is not mad at us and God is not against us. It's a beautiful truth. God is for us and not against us. Second, God is with us. We heard these words in the reading, the Old Testament reading this morning that was read from Isaiah. Fear not, the Lord says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the waters, when you pass through struggle, trial, danger, fear, God says to the original readers and to us, I will be with you. I was fortunate that day as the neighborhood bully caught up to me and I stopped and he stopped and I turned toward him and thought, okay, here it comes. Somehow, right at that moment, around the corner came a car and I recognized it immediately. It was my dad's car. He was on his way home from work. He had, some, for some reason, taken a route that he doesn't usually take to get home, to cut through the back neighborhood, and somehow was there at the exact moment things were going to get painful. He pulled up, screeched to a stop, jumped out of the car, chased the bully off just in time. Of course, it's a story I'll never forget. It reminded me, or it represented to me, that I, I've been blessed to have a father, a natural father, who is for me. In that day, he was for me and with me. It wasn't just enough to be, hey, I I'm, I'm, wish you well. What I needed in that moment, when I was, if you will, passing through the waters, was a father who was with me to make a way to dispel the danger, to bring power greater than myself to bear on the situation. I experienced a father who was for me and with me. Later in that same reading from Isaiah 43, it reads, Fear not, for I am with you. We see this, those words all throughout the scriptures, over and over and over again. The words, fear not, or some version of, do not be afraid, or do not fear. In fact, somebody took the time to, to count, and from the beginning to the end of the Bible, there's at least 365 times that it says, fear not. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. It's almost as if there's a reminder for every day of the calendar year that God would say to us, I'm for you. 
I'm with you. Don't be afraid. I will come around the corner when you need me, when you're passing through the waters. Some people hear the do not be afraid as a condemnation because we think, well, I'm afraid all, well, if not all the time, a whole lot of the time. There's a lot of things to be afraid of in the world that we live in. It's not a condemnation. It's not the Lord saying, I see that you're afraid. Don't be afraid. What's wrong with you? It's not like that. It's an invitation to his heart. It's God saying, I'm for you. I'm with you. Don't be afraid. I invite you to trust me. Let me show you how this works. God is for us. God is with us. I experienced that in that story with my earthly father. But now we take it into the realm of where only God could do. God is for us. God is with us. But in only a way that God can do, God is also in us. We, we heard this from the reading in the New Testament this morning from Acts chapter 8. Peter and John came down and prayed for the people that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That's a short couple lines from Scripture, and there's mystery there. We don't know why is it that, how could they have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and not have received the Spirit? And here's another occasion where hands are laid on and, and the Holy Spirit's received. There's some mystery there. But what we do see there is that in baptism, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are present. In our believing in, in stepping into the God who's for us and with us, it goes further that by the Holy Spirit, that God, the creator of the universe, is in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. The implications are amazing. That means that God's being with us is all the time. Even when we don't feel it, even when the darkness looks darker than the light, God is with us because he's in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is for us, he's with us, he's in us, and he works through us. We see this picture in the gospel reading, which is one of my favorite pictures, uh, Jesus being baptized. And it's really special to be here today at Holy Trinity with this set of readings because this is a very Trinitarian reading from Luke chapter 4, the last part of that. On the day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Now why do I say that's a very Trinitarian reading? Because it's one of the only and very special pictures in Scripture where we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all manifesting, all present in the same place at the same time. 
God being a spiritual mystery, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But it's a special part of Scripture where we see, hear the Father's voice, the Holy Spirit in the physical form of a dove descending on Jesus who had come in the flesh incarnate. The whole Trinity right there. We also see something about this Trinitarian God. The voice of the Father says, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. He could have said, This is my Son who I've sent on a mission. That's true. He did. He could have said, This is my Son. Listen to Him. Obey Him. We should. That would be good advice. But instead, the Father's voice goes to the most relational aspect. This is my son who I love and in whom I'm well pleased. That reveals something really important to us about this God of the Trinity. That the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is a relationship. It's inherently a relationship. And it's inherently a relationship of love. The Father loves not just exists alongside, but loves the Son. The Son loves the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves the Father. How does that all work? We, don't, we won't know on this side of heaven. Maybe we won't know on the other side of heaven. Such things are so far beyond us. But what we do see is the nature of the relationship. It's love. And it's a community. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are a loving community. The Father says about Jesus, I'm well pleased. He says about Jesus, I'm not mad at him. <laughs> now what's Jesus doing when he's being baptized? What he's doing there, and even in the, in the other gospel account, it's a little bit longer, and it says where John says, Jesus, what are you doing? I should be untying, I'm not even fit to untie uh, your sandals. Why would I be baptizing you? Jesus says, this is how it needs to be done. Why? Because Jesus, although without sin, was fully identifying with us, humanity, in every possible way, even receiving the same baptism of repentance that John was offering. Although Jesus was without sin, he came from heaven, took on flesh, and then was baptized to fully, completely identify with us. And that's because he was on a mission. It was a mission to rescue and to save us. To take upon himself, he who was without sin, to take upon himself the sin of the world. The wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. So rather than us pay those wages and have an eternal death, Jesus took it on himself, paid the price. And then, unique in all of history, did not remain dead. Rose was risen back to life, conquering death, defeating all that would enslave us, all that would keep us separated from this loving relationship with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus came and fully identified, except that he did not sin, in order then to welcome us into this loving relationship that he already had for eternity beforehand with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Last thought. In our baptism, 
we are identifying as well. As we have faith in Christ and we're baptized in Christ, we're identifying fully with Jesus. We're identifying with who he is and what he's done for us. This rescue mission that he came for. His identification with us gives us the open door. He made a way where there was no way to fully identify with him. To receive grace. To receive forgiveness. To receive the washing and the cleansing of the waters of baptism. And as we're identified in Christ, we're forgiven and set free and given new life here and in eternity, we're also identifying with Jesus' mission. His mission is our mission. And as we go forth, my encouragement to us is as we take, take that mission, that we go in the power of the Spirit and we go with this message out into the world. God is for you, not against you. You may have had a, a wonderful parent. Many people did not have wonderful earthly parents. So then they take on that feeling that, well, my, my earthly parents were always mad and disapproving. So God must be like that too. In Christ, it's not true. That's the message that we bear in our life together as a community of the people of God. That's the message that we bear with Christ alive inside of us by the power of the Spirit. We're sent out with the message that God is for you, not against you. That God is with you. We're sent out to demonstrate to the world that God's not, he didn't set it all in motion and then go and do something else in the universe. He's near and not far away. He's with us. And having received the Holy Spirit and continuing to receive the Holy Spirit, that God is alive inside of us and works through us to do things that we cannot do in and of ourselves. It's the message that we take to the world and it's how we take it to the world. Thinking about these things, let us pray. God in heaven, I thank you for your presence with us here today. I thank you that you've made a way through your son for us to be in fellowship with you, to join that loving relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you for identifying with us so that we can then identify with you to receive your grace, to be sent forth, to share in your mission. Bless us today. God, I pray for those that need comfort, that may find comfort in your nearness. Those that need strength, courage, or power can find it with the Holy Spirit living inside. Pray for those that need to know your way and your direction, that God, you working through us, would reveal it step by step. And all these things, pray in Jesus' good and holy and mighty name. Amen.